Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. If someone were to ask you, what's the hardest part about homeschooling your kids? What would your answer be? I know my answer is addressing my big emotions. A common question has been, but what about your kid's socialization? Or at times it's, how will your child graduate? How will your child keep on track for all their academics? How will you teach them math? I think the hardest part about homeschooling is dealing with our own big emotions. But before we get started on a discussion about using the tools that we have in our toolbox to address homeschool mama's big emotions, you are invited to join me in a one-on-one coaching session. If we haven't met before, I'll happily waive the fee so that we can meet just you and me and we can talk about one of these big emotions. Or if you want to do some work on your own, some self-directed homeschool mama work, you can work through the journaling workbook that I recently released called the Big Emotions Journaling Workbook. Okay, recently I heard from Haley. Haley said after a coaching session, I just wanted to say thank you so much again. Our conversation really lifted my spirit to be able to talk with you. Of all the things that I get to engage in, if it's group intensives or book clubs or writing, I love writing, or doing this podcast thing, of all the things that I do, I love the one-on-one coaching sessions the most. Watching someone's eyes light up with an awareness about themselves or understanding themselves a little bit better or understanding their homeschooled child a little bit better. There is nothing that I love more, watching homeschool moms become more free, confident, and clear in their homeschool and in their lives. Today's episode, coincidentally, is sponsored by the Homeschool Mama Retreat. This retreat is for you if this is your experience. You love your kids. You're glad you discovered homeschooling, but you're tired and unmotivated. Or you love your kids, but actually you're kind of tired of your kids and also this homeschool thing. You have a sneaking suspicion that you don't have a handle on your boundaries and it is affecting your homeschool and your life. You have a relationship issue that's interfering with your energy. You're not sure you're doing this homeschool thing good enough and wonder if maybe someone watched you, they might think that you were right. You feel overwhelmed by the dirt, the noise, and the responsibilities. You feel guilty that how you're doing this homeschool thing isn't really working for your kids and not really working for you either. 
You think you're probably unrealistic with your expectations of your kids and possibly even yourself in how you show up in your homeschool. You know that how you're showing up with your kids isn't really how you want to be showing up. You don't have a supportive community that's cheering you on in your homeschool journey. You know that you could do more in your life than just the homeschool routine. How are you really showing up in your life for you? In digging deep with homeschool moms, I've learned that our instincts are to bury our feelings and to keep on keeping on despite the issues that we're ignoring. And I get that. I really, really, really do. I've had my share of many years ignoring my mountains of feelings or issues too. And the same reason I finally engaged the mountain is the same reason other homeschool mamas have had to deal with it, because that mountain of undealt with feelings begins to topple us, and we might feel overwhelmed or suffocated, and even increasingly resentful. So each week of the four weeks of our homeschool mama retreat, we're going to connect for a deepening, clarifying conversation with gentle accountability to accomplish your goals in your homeschool and your life. Because as Ralph Waldo Emerson says, and I repeatedly quote, our chief want is someone who will inspire us to be what we know we could be. So what's been happening in your homeschool? If you'd like to connect with me, introduce yourself on my website at capturingthecharmedlife.com and comment on any of the podcast show notes pages. This is what's been happening in my homeschool. So the sun is up. It's time for the grow lights for the vegetable garden that is. Even though there's still snow on the ground, we kind of sense that it's time to put away the skis and the snowshoes. My son and I are nearly finished Swiss Family Robinson, the original version, and we kind of have mixed feelings on it. And I'm going to share more about those mixed feelings in our Patreon coffee chat at the end of the month. Interesting to read books that are considered classics and have so much interesting story in them, but there's reasons why we go, hmm, why is this book still available en masse? It does make you wonder, or maybe it should be available en masse and we shouldn't get rid of any books. We're going to have that chat at the Patreon coffee chat. In our homeschool, it's almost time for the Charlotte Mason homeschool season to begin, which for me means spring has sprung. We're going to plant a garden, rebuild the orchard fence, definitely rebuild the goat fence. We are going to create a compost pile and raise some more baby chicks. We'll sit with poetry and drawing out by the pond with poppy, clover, and thistle, our goats. I love the Charlotte Mason homeschool season. And in the afternoon, or sometimes in the mornings, I am sitting with Julie Bogart's book, Raising Critical Thinkers. It has so much meat on discussions of bias and thinking and processing and teaching our kids and engaging our kids and really challenging stuff. 
If you are a human being on the face of this earth, I genuinely think this is a read for you to just get your juices flowing. And if you want to talk about this book and discuss this book, you are most welcome to join us at the Homeschool Mama Book Club on March 16th. That is a Wednesday afternoon. You are going to love this book. From one homeschool mama to another, if you want to do this homeschool thing, I encourage you to take care of you, to nurture the nurturer. Want to know what I think is the most challenging thing about homeschooling? Well, I guess I said it right off the top. It is my big emotions, my reactions, my triggers, my thoughts and the stories I tell myself. But as I've written in the Homeschool Mama Daily Affirmations, I am not a victim. I am free to chart a new course in parenthood. So though I am triggered, though I do have my own big emotions and reactions, I'm not a victim. I am free to chart a new path, which means I'm going to have to create a new path. So what tools are in my toolbox to help me create a new course in parenthood? Today, we're going to talk about the tools in your Homeschool Mama toolbox to chart your new course in parenthood. What tools do you need in your homeschool so you can confidently, capably homeschool? In my life, I've owned two toolboxes. One was for my three-year-old son, which was a birthday gift of a wooden toolbox. You know, those colorful ones that are wooden. The other was a toolbox my dad sent me on New Year's Eve, the eve of 1999, known as Y2K, also known as when the world was expected to end or collapse because computer clocks everywhere weren't calibrated for the next century. Spoiler alert the world didn't end. So we've had a toolbox since then. It has various things like miniature propane tanks, a cook stove, candles, matches, hammers, saws, pliers, every tool known to Canadian Tire in case we'd be isolated and alone for any number of unknown days, months, or years. But my toolbox remains downstairs in the electrical room in case we need to fix something because stuff does break down and there have been many things to fix in my 25 years of owning a home and in the last seven years of owning a homestead. And side note, that three-year-old who got the toy toolbox is now the most capable in the house using the adult toolbox. But I digress. We've gathered a toolbox to homeschool our kids, too. Our homeschool toolboxes might include fresh markers, math workbooks, manipulatives, a day timer, a whole bunch of books, an expensive math calculator when they're in upper-level math, a lot of baking soda, Mentos and Coke bottles, a handful of owl pellets, butterfly larvae, and a variety of candy for human cell biology. How about an iPad for online games? Quirtle? Wordus? Wordle? Worldle? Did you know they all existed? How about a subscription to KiwiCo? And a library card, of course. 
O, and whatever else you think is in your homeschool toolbox. We might include the invisible tools, all our homeschool mama research, the homeschool philosophies, the local co-op connections, the online communities, the homeschool podcasts, the planning books, the homeschool method books, the inspiring homeschool books. P.S. You can buy my inspiring book at Amazon. And a book list for the kids. We get our own day timer, color pens, and an organized homeschool routine too. The one thing we don't plan for though is the toolbox for our big emotions. Also for our kids' big emotions, but definitely for our big emotions. You know, the homeschool mama big emotions anger, worry, doubt, overwhelm, that not good enough feeling, guilt, sadness, and every other human emotion that humans feel but in a homeschool mama experience. I began writing at Capturing the Charmed Life because I wanted to capture all the charms of this homeschool life. But I quickly discovered there were as many challenges as charms to homeschooling. Here's my story. More than 15 years ago, I searched for arguments against homeschooling. Yes, I said against. And to my surprise, that search shifted my family's next decade toward a clearer vision, individualized educations, and a stronger sense of our own persons. All six of us, even mom and dad. When I first heard about homeschooling, I thought it was for off-grid families. And I was a mainstream kind of gal, I thought. Within a week of reading a book titled The Homeschooling Option by Lisa Rivere, I was certain the book fell into my hands for a reason. No doubt I had many doubts yet to quell in my homeschool journey. So much questioning from concerned family members and even the general public, and I became defensive and prepared for my arguments for homeschooling. All the while, I didn't know if it was really going to work, because it wasn't easy. Did I think it was going to be easy? Well, yeah, kind of. I did. Some days I didn't want to do it at all. Some days I was hoping that some random school bus, a yellow school bus, would stop for my kids. But mostly, I saw all the benefits of this lifestyle and really just wanted to be certain that it was the right thing for a family. With so much learning about learning, learning about my kids, determining what I thought an education really was, I learned that this homeschool thing was working. Not the way I'd imagined it, but it definitely created independent kiddos that could hold their own in any adult conversation. Confident with their peers, eager to pursue their interests, comfortable with solitude, and eagerly charting their own paths. And all done in super unconventional ways. Having graduated kids now, I can see the freedom of this lifestyle with all its benefits, and it was entirely worth it. Still is. And yes, there have been days, plenty of days, that were hard. Some of them very unpleasant. Very stretching. Some I wish I didn't live. Some I wish I lived better. Some I wish I could strike from the book. Really, I wish I could. 
And yes, I know it was a growth opportunity. And I know that I could only do what I knew at the time. And the only thing I could do was learn to do better and all that. And I know that. I know that I even need to give myself grace. Got it. I would tell you that too. But I still wish I could strike a bunch of my parenting fails from the book. The end. But this homeschool thing has been exactly what I hoped it would be. An opportunity to grow up kiddos that could become fully them. Independent, interesting, self-directed, freedom-loving, and just really great people. So for the skeptical, the intrigued, and the new-er homeschoolers, I'd say, you don't have to homeschool in uncertainty and doubt. You can create a meaningful, individualized education for your kids. You can develop a vision for your homeschool family, and not just on a piece of paper, but actually practice it day by day. Of course, the more time you practice, the more time you'll see what I've seen, and you'll know it too. And you won't need me to remind you that this homeschooling thing really does work. Because if you want to do it, you can do it. Turns out, though, the initial things I thought that were going to be the most challenging aspects, like academics and that socialization thing, weren't. The most challenging things had to do with me, dealing with all my big emotions. I spent a whole bunch of years learning how to address my big emotions, and I've learned there are a few tools in our big emotions toolbox that we can wield. But just because we have those tools, because we all have the tools, doesn't mean that we know how to wield the tools. When we built our homestead on three acres of raw land on the edge of a Kootenai River, we blasted through granite to plumb a well, created a flat space for a driveway, a garden, and a house foundation, and there was a lot of granite. We designed and built a house, an outdoor fire pit, a kid's zip line, a chicken coop for 20 hens in the Cluckingham Palace, a goat barn for Clover, Thistle, and Poppy, and a space for their guard dog, Violet. A whole lot of tools have been used on our homestead. The one tool we use the most in these mountains is an axe and a chainsaw. Neither my husband nor I grew up using these tools, but we've learned that you can't leave tools out in the rain or they'll rust and ruin. Also, you have to regularly sharpen your tools. So what are the tools for dealing with your big emotions? The homeschool mama tools are these three. Your body, your emotions, and your thoughts. See, I told you you had them. Today, we're going to talk about your body. We'll talk about your emotions and your thoughts in upcoming episodes. Okay, dare I talk about your body? Well, let's just say your body is there to be used regularly. Your body is the tool that enables a baseline capacity and energy for everything else. Exercise helps with building longevity. The stronger you are, the more likely you are to play on the playground with the kids. Also, the more comfortable you are in your body, the more likely you're going to play basketball, jump on the trampoline, throw a ball in the backyard, 
or just go for a daily walk with the kids. And you don't really need ideas how to get exercise because if you have kids, kids could easily keep you busy if you did what they did every day. But we homeschool mamas need to plan a time to do it because we got a lot going on and it is easy to forget about this element. But if you're desperate to get out of the house, make this time your kill two birds with one stone time. Are we allowed to say that anymore? Okay, go somewhere else, wherever. Go outside, go for a walk or a run or a hike or a ski or anywhere else. Just go and do something active. But plan that time. Plan it now. Throw it into a reminder in your device right now. I'll wait. Okay, was that enough time? Now I've got nine other thoughts on incorporating exercise into your homeschool days. The first thought is, assume you're doing it every day. Build in a specific time in the day that's most likely a time you could accomplish this. Is it during your Netflix time? Is it in the morning before the kids are up? Is it with the kids in the afternoon? Just think about it doing it every day because then you probably won't, but you'll have done it most days. The second thought is think fun, not pain. It doesn't have to be painful. I loved what someone spoke to me a few weeks ago about what she did. She said, I just needed to capture beauty. So she took her phone outside to take photos and to enjoy the beautiful things as she went for a walk. So for her, it wasn't about how to trudge up a hill or how to get a certain number of kilometers or miles into your exercise routine, but instead to just think fun or to enjoy the beauty that is. You don't have to be in pain. The third thought is to go outside. You can get your vitamin D and nature therapy and exercise all at the same time. Do it with the kids. Instead of, you know, including a PE element to your schedule or a gym class to your schedule, just think daily activity. What can you do with the kids today to get everybody's heart rate up? Feed your brain. Okay, so the thing is, with exercise, it feeds your brain. It increases those hormones or endorphins in your body, those feel-good feelings, and it decreases your stress. And that is why you need to exercise, because both of those elements are really useful to you as a homeschool mom. And if you're feeling kind of sore, might I suggest yoga? It's a natural anti-inflammatory substitute. Do a couple sessions a week with weights or strength training to build up those muscles. Create a dance playlist with the kids. This is for sure one of my favorite things to do is to keep a dance playlist and surprise the kids with something from your childhood. Super fun. And the last thing I think of when you want to incorporate exercise is to think seasonally. If you live in a part of the world that has more than one season, you can think different activities for different seasons. So then you can put away the equipment for that season and bring something else out and assume that you're doing different things to enjoy different things at different times of year. 
Now, which of those can you incorporate into your homeschool routine? Hands down, the most important element to sharpening your body tool is to get enough sleep. And I know you know that. You might be pining after a solid night's sleep because you've been parenting little ones for a long time. I feel you. I have been there, done that too, for years. And yet, for some reason, I still didn't want to go to bed when I had the chance. Even though the kids were finally fast asleep, all four of them at the same time, and instead of going to sleep, I went to my room to watch Netflix and eat foods that made me feel bad, but I digress. I definitely did not go to sleep when I should have. It was well beyond a healthy bedtime, but more about separate time later. Now, quick thoughts on how to get deeper, more nourishing sleep. Wake up at the same time every day. That's what the sleep experts will tell you if you have really dysregulated sleep, is to make sure you wake up at the same time every day and your body will acclimate and will eventually want to go to sleep at the same time or a similar time in the evening. This is the key above all keys. No matter how tired you were from the night before, Get up at the same time every single day. Go to sleep when you're tired. Obviously, right? But not so obvious if the kids just went to bed. Don't bring a screen to bed. That's what the science says. I do not follow this one. I should, but I don't. Don't drink coffee or caffeinated beverages after lunch. Don't watch a screen an hour before bed something about Blu-rays. Don't eat within a few hours before bed. This was inconceivable to me for a very long time until just about a month ago. I have profoundly deeper sleep because I do this. I don't eat within a few hours before bed. It's had a giant impact on improving my sleep quality. Build in a quiet time during your week other than after 10 p.m. at night. I know how challenging this can be when you have younger kids, and it might not be consistent. You might not be able to get it all the time, but try to schedule a time in the week when you can go be by yourself somewhere else to have that quiet time, that rejuvenating time with your friend, without your friend, on your own, doing something fun, before 10 p.m. at night. Use sleep supplements if you need them. Both my medical husband and I have used natural supplements for sleep, but consult someone about this because just because it's natural doesn't mean it's not going to mess with another medication. It might mess with your other health issues or not be useful to you for some specific reason that I couldn't possibly address here. Another thing to sharpen your body tool is to eat better. That is all I'm going to say about that because you already know this element of your toolbox. I think every one of us could teach a nutrition class because this is well-disseminated knowledge. But just because we're taught about it doesn't mean we practice it. I'm a product of the 1980s, well, 70s and 80s which means I was exposed to every diet under the sun. And there were many. So I personally learned to resist those approaches. 
I don't want to be controlled by a body image focus. I don't want a yo-yo diet. I don't want to get caught up thinking that there are certain foods I should never eat in my life again, or that I have to eat like a cow and infuse my smoothies with alfalfa. P.S. I actually did this and it was super expensive and also gross and the kids really thought it was ridiculous, but you probably already knew that. So if you're challenged like I was in this area, consider instead eating better for your brain. Your goal? To change your brain or fuel your brain with the best use of energy. As Dr. Daniel Amen says, the author of Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, your goal is to fuel your brain. Okay, I'll throw in four other reminders about eating healthy. Eat the rainbow. The key is to have more color on your plate. More color, fewer browns. Think Thanksgiving dinner. You don't want to eat like that every day. There's a lot of brown. The second thing is to mindfully eat. How does it make you feel when you eat? Slow down when you eat it and enjoy it. Something from my personal repertoire is to start with a green smoothie. No, not with alfalfa. There are all sorts of wonderful brain-fueling supplements that you can find, green things, to put into your smoothie with frozen spinach, maybe half a banana or half an avocado. Can we buy avocado still? Also frozen fruit of any sort that you like with a little bit of water or almond oil, maybe some flaxseed. Blend that up and that is a wonderful energizing fuel to start your day. And the last reminder about healthy eating is to stop eating so you can actually process that food. This is new to me, I'll tell you. This idea of not actually eating at all hours of the day, not snacking all the time. But I'll tell you, I feel way better because I gave my body time to process that food. Eat better because it makes your brain clearer, more functional, and tolerant in dealing with the possible and likely big emotion moments that you may have with your kids in your days. Also to fuel your brain so you can do all those multitasking moments that clearly you are going to do. And also just so you feel good about yourself. But if you would like to read more about creating a homeschool, a healthy homeschool diet, you can find it on the show notes page of this podcast episode. In the upcoming episodes, I'm going to share with you two more tools that will help you address your big emotions in your homeschool. I'd love to hear from you and what resonated with you in this discussion about dealing with your homeschool mama big emotions. I'm so glad that you are part of the Homeschool Mama self-care podcast community. This podcast explores aspects of self-care that I hope will serve the real homeschool mom in her real homeschool days. To build into this community, I have created a Patreon community. As a supporter, your contribution helps me access equipment, reach guests, and supports the time it takes to get into the creative work to build each of these episodes. Be a supporter and you receive access to my Patreon-only feed, access to extended guest interviews, discounts on group mentoring, intensives, and masterminds, all the archived Patreon episodes and content, a community of like-minded homeschool moms, 
You can also access monthly support chats and ask me anything days. I'm really looking forward to building into this community, building into you and getting to know you. If you're interested in joining the Homeschool Mama self-care Patreon community, you can check me out on patreon.com homeschool mama self-care. I'll see you there.